just gonna start it. Yeah. So, Aura, Bora, Aura, Bora, Greek, where the serpent finds its tail. And in Siddhartha, finds Jesus. Buddha found Siddhartha. So, the scribes of the of the Greeks found Jesus and God. And Muhammad, 600 years, 600 years, found his Siddhartha through the woman who hired him to take on the camel trail to protect her, and she did what Siddhartha got done to Muhammad. That's a stretch, but there's my Ouroboro. And my latest was, what was that latest thing I just said again, just now coming around, that uh, I don't have uh, writings or manuscripts to follow me verbiage, but in these times of the COVID times, the lies and the tribulations that Buddha had to deal with upon dying for Nirvana and coming back to life, as in Jesus dying and coming back to life 600 years later, Muhammad knew this because he read about it like I did. And so Muhammad planned his his death of leaping from the rock on a white horse as the resurrection of Jesus to go to heaven. So the Ouroboros, for a better term of the parable of the time circle where in space time doesn't bump into the Ourobora. Time eschews itself, eschew, eschew, slips by the edge and creates the the infinity of the Ourobora in space of 3D to 4D, which is fourth dimension is the mental capacity to see 3D in its fullness. (coughs) That's not COVID, that was a cough. And, And today our time is explicit to the need of 
you know, the lies and the deaths and the, uh, not the fake news, but the creation of uh, the gains of death. The gain from death is a way of creating genocide in a modern term. The game of function is a scientific term for taking what you have and killing some of it so the few may live. So the sacrifice was Jesus so the few may live. So Muhammad was killing people because they were idiots just killing each other, that he stopped that to show the goodness of humanity. And he wrote it like the scribes of Greek and Assyrians, that he made the mistake of copying their work instead of coming from his own being, which there is no other being because the Buddha aura to the Christ child, the aura, and Muhammad is the Bora. So there's the full circle. So now we need the aura Bora again to complete the cycle again one more time. And because we're so Platonic, which he took the hemlock in spite of himself, that today everybody's a Plato. They're going to stand steadfast in their tracks. You know? And so, not to accuse the political regimes, but that's all we have. You know, to kill Lincoln to kill Kennedy, to kill Billy the Kid, Martin Luther, is, is an attempt to end the Ouroboros out of ignorance or maybe just wanting to be Top Gun the kamikaze would give his life to be top gun, to be the martyr of the Ouroboros for his country, like our soldiers join in armed forces throughout the world to fulfill that humanity, man's humanity to his family. So I'm just ranting right now because I'm trying to resolve the fact that modern art is only modern because it was put 
into the modern museum. You know, and so, is it modern? Is the Altamira cave drawings old? And so the most modern is a piece of light that is placed in a room with no corners. Therefore, there is no room because all we know is the corner of the room and the door. So, to say that's modern is only to say, as art, that it's more scientific and technical. You know, Da Vinci painted The Last Supper, which is the most beautiful painting of The Last Supper, of all the Last Suppers painted, that he used his relatives' oil paints. And there were no oil paints invented or made in those years. So Da Vinci thought he was being modern by using a scientific method other than the fresco or the egg tempera or the cave painting with charcoal. And today I paint with charcoal as the baseline. Charcoal is also used to strengthen the base of cement. It's the strongest cement to add the carbon on freeways. That's scientific, but that doesn't make it art. Science is not art. Science is, you know, picking up a berry, eating it, and tasting good. That's scientific. You know, eating a berry that's poisonous is a detriment. So that's bad. That's not science. I think it is science because you got to know the negative to know the positive. But then we can't see the negative, so the negative turns to be positive. In a macro, micro, quantum idea, which has nothing to do with the humanity of man. The fact that you can fly to the moon and back, or now take a trip at low altitudes around the world gives you a feeling of modern flight. I don't see that as being modern, but more physically scientific, capable of flying. And she left the window open. Why did she say the window is open? So, we need another sacrificial lamb to make this world maybe all religions never really settled the fact of 
crimes against humanity because most people don't believe in that aspect of life. Crimes to humanity. So if the humanness is as Noah's Ark is, then let it be. Only the rich will be on the ark. And it'll be in space this time. Never to be found as we found Noah's ark. And so the the Jesus in you is the resurrection. To be mindful of the Platonics, and I forget why they, Plato took the hemlock, but it was for holding up his idea that he believed was true, as in Jesus held his idea from his father that it's true. And it's these entropic ideas of randomness and unknown to be scientific concepts, to be physical on earth is the entropic thing that's unknown as in today because these people want the lower class to be gone. You know, I've been in Brazil where the poor people live next to the sewer drainage because it's water. Because they can take that sewer water and boil it and clean it and live from it. It's pretty out there that they would do that. Now, I don't know if they really did that, but it's, uh, you know, the earth cleans, the river, the river separates the... And Siddhartha became the riverboat man to have his last days as the crossing of the Buddhas, as the Vedics, to live each day anew. That doesn't make the people who are insensitive to humanity understand that because they don't want to understand it because it has no money. It has only life. And the love of Jesus' prostitute as the love of Siddhartha's prostitute And 
the love of Muhammad's woman is the all entropic ideas that flow through our lives. So I'm seeing that it can be the continuum of religiosity as not religious, because religion is a study of belief in the unknown. That's religion, that you believe in the unknown. So to say you're religious doesn't mean you're God, you're my God, and we're fighting about gods. Those are the old Roman days. Throw them to the lions. And today, the uh, those people that do the child sacrificing since the Aztecs and all these cultures that do that, it's, it's almost like when Jesus said, I'm going to die, so have my body and my blood. And if you believe in the righteousness of Jesus, you can misunderstand the body and the blood. And these people today, the vampires, are basing it on, on that kind of idea, which is pre-cave Altamira drawings. Unknown language, you know, monkey brains is only for the golden banana. And I think I've reached the edge of my entropy here, which to me is a Zen kind of mistake to find the opening in the circle. The, the Zen circle is not supposed to touch for the opening, as in the Hawaiian tattoo, you do not enclose the tattoo over your body. It becomes entropic. And I don't think the Hawaiians really studied all of that, but it's, it's entropy in its finest move that cultures can have. Entropy and not know the term on the scientific concept of the randomness of choice. It's not a mistake or an accident. It's a built-in random molecular quantum, and these people want to go so far into our brains as to come out with a wormhole, where only a worm can go through, doesn't 
make life on earth a word. Now, the fungus and the mushroom, the psilocybin, is something else. It's like the Twin Towers going down with one hit in your brain. And that's an unknown natural monkey thing, animal thing. And some scholars are believing that when Jesus turned the water into wine, it was the wine which was Dionysus in the grapes for the party. It wasn't fermented wine. So their spirituality of the Dionysus was asexual, high which the psilocybin, the, the mushroom, the peyote, the ayahuasca, all of these natural things of earth that animals knew existed, not on a scientific plane, but on an actual humanity experience. That's why modern art doesn't do a natural experience. They have to have technical electrical current to make their art, like neon. That's not created. That's a scientific begot thing. So as a painter, you do not leave the material behind and go purely scientific because you start to lose the humanness. And I think in the end, to play an instrument as a human is not scientific. It could look scientific and you would have to have a scientific brain like Van Halen to Jimi Hendrix to make six strings do what it can. So, but the limitation wasn't the computer doing it. So the Jimi Hendrix used his fingers, the Van Halen used his fingers as the Altamira guy used his fingers. The aura bora boro. The dragon does not eat his tail. He recognizes it as coming around. So Siddhartha goes back to the river for the aura bora and realizes. The metaphor is the river always moves. 
in life is the is the example to the Buddha of the aura. And Bruce Lee would say, be like water. And I don't know if Bruce Lee knew the Ouroboro. But then I could be wrong, but he never mentioned it. But because he knew, be like water, it's a, <clears throat> it's a gift, as they say, from the manifestation of the gods to give certain people the insight to know certain manifestations of life through the cosmos, through the sunlight, through the love of others, and the cruelty brings about, again, the entropic thing. Cruelty is an entropic thing. It's a real thing. To kill off the cruel people, there'll always be cruel people, so I don't know the answer to, you know, changing the cruelness of life. One has to skirt by and be thankful for grace, which is only an interpretation of the word in the religious sense, but And uh, I think I will end this for now and we'll continue later. Thank you very much. Forgive them for they know not what they do. It's a two-minute warning to regroup. They actually got a two-minute warning to regroup. And I say what I say. Swai hard. Island style. Swai hard. You know, there's a father above. You know, these people are ruthless. And to be a martyr like so many men have been by trying to do right while the forces are greater than thou art. Seems to be the good guys get martyred. It's that hard to be good. They gotta take you out. Even if it's, you know, a movie. 
it fits. It fits the Siddhartha. The Nietzsche. David. You know, the arts was manipulated. So, why was manipulated? You know, I'm naive because the people that are true are like wild things. Which isn't naive, but concentrating on the purity of the action becomes a naivete for other purities, puritisms, puritans. The puritans, oh my gosh, oh my God, turned into oh my gosh. It turned into, oh, fuck it. Well, new day, new rage. But I say unto thee, you know, Gnostic or not Gnostic, you're still riding in the same boat. Even if it's flat, it's still the same boat. So be it. Einstein was impressed with Yehudi Menuhin, which is classical. I love Yehudi. And what he loved about gypsy music was the unknown freedom to jam. Even the Indian raga Yehudi. So his greatest accomplishments were classical, but his freedom was the gypsy. You know, why is it that Seal Soya never could land a company? I mean, a lot of people don't land a company, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. We're trying to come again. Let's rock and roll again. All right, so this is my podcast, kind of a contemporary thing because the COVID is foolish like a Shakespearean play. You believe it and you laugh at it. You don't believe it, you still laugh at it. You die from it, you laugh about it. You live from it, you laugh about it. That is pure comedy. My D. Calm E D. Calm E D. All right. Coming from, oh well, what's going on? Yes. This, uh, I love this podcast because it's simple iPhone and Anchor lets me do it. I'm surprised they don't throw my ass out. But I tell you what, 
You know, you can't fight the guy who doesn't believe. Some people jump ship. Some people change beliefs. Takes all kinds. I'm just trying to swim myself. Talk to you later, alligator. Swampland. Yeah, recording spontaneously. Actually, you know, improv. Uh, just off the cuff. You know, getting getting to a place where people today are so confused. People today are so wanting a unified place. People wanting to belong. People wanting to have a home. People wanting to have friendship. Children around the world. 30,000 die a day of starvation a day and the missions are to just save them but when you save a starving child he doesn't know what that is to save an adult is something else upon the reaching out for faith or love friendship but children that's, I assume that's why children go to purgatory in the Catholic faith because the Catholics believe they don't know and, and so they put them in a place they can never leave, which I believe is totally wrong. I'm not against them doing that because that's their church. But my opinion is, is not as... A priest or as a religious person. I'm only a local boy from Hawaii with a son who has become an international figure. And I must say on that subject, you know, Buddha, because my son's into the, the study of the logo, the study of God, the study of man, and the belief and the faith of the unseen. You cannot see love, you can only feel love by the action of the one you love. So if you love someone, you wouldn't do something to them. But then, I don't know, people, you know, I hurt my ex by getting out, you know, trying to be in a band and staying out all night with the girls. It hurt my wife. And I never blamed her for that because, but I must say, every you know, a musician has to hit the road.
Okay, but back to I forget. <coughs> I got a cold and I know it's not COVID because I've had it for only a day and a half, two nights and today. So it's not COVID. I believe COVID isn't a serious thing. I'm 80, and COVID affects 08, 88, 88, 8 people. But, you know, that's the fear they're giving to the children of parents. You know, uh, I forget what it is. <coughs> the experiment to create a germ just in case we need to fight a germ warfare. And the test is do the germ warfare to test the germ warfare. That's so. God never made, you know, an insurance policy, okay? There is no insurance policy to go to heaven, which is a beautiful thing because I don't have to explain that. You got it. Only the children don't get that. I'm on to the point of reaching out my hand to the children and, you know, you can't help them all. And as Bob Dylan writes a song, you know, it reaches more people than a mission can reach because that's the way of music. And music seems to be in the universe in the idea of the newfound strings. You know, I thought the scientist calls the string theory, which is the newest form of understanding the universe. And when they find a string, they pluck it to see if it does something. And it does, and that's the experiment. And because it does something, they don't know what it's doing, obviously. They don't even know what note it's playing. And that's the strings of the universe. That's the music. I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I love it because they accidentally found the string. I call it the music. And it's so... It's so quantum that why would you want to have quantum anyway? It's only to be ahead of nature. Quantum mechanics is the discovery of things not of the earth. Wow. Oh, sorry, I thought I cut off. Uh, 
<laughs> Sorry about the coughing, but I got a cold and I'm doing the podcast because I can't wait. Because if I'm 88 and I got COVID, you know what they say, people perish. So I'm doing this podcast with my cough and I'm not apologizing. Because one never knows when your God would want you to visit his palace. I call it a palace because the Taj Mahal was built for the guy's wife. You know, and they claim it to be the most beautiful building in India. So man's King Solomon's temple, David, you know, built for the gods, built for the love. Uh, I want to get back to my son, who I would imagine every skateboarder knows his name. And, you know, when he started his girl female team, everybody thought that, why are you sponsoring girls? Because skateboarding is a macho, macho, mucho. <laughs> Sorry, Mexico. My son just got back from Mexico with Vans for, I, I guess, almost, uh, you know, five days or something with a new hotel rooftop pool. I love it because, you know, the poor people won't be able to go, which is okay, but, you know, they should have a video cam for the poor people to see on the street, not wondering what's going on. I mean, if you're going to share it, share it, if not. But I'm not in Mexico. They do... I'm not one to change, but to suggest. You know, you know, the serpent in the garden suggested. I don't think he forced Eve to eat the red apple. And it's a funny thing, the apple's red. You know, there are green apples by the ocean, Canada. I used to pick apples on the beach of Samyamo Bay, green apples. And you know, people, the migrants that come up there because it's an open beach, they see the apple tree, they pick them all. You know, I just had a dream this morning that uh, I was in a communal home where you have, you know, students, just people living in a, communal whole house, save rent, you know, share. They had a problem with the food. And my friends came in there, skaters, ah, ah, in my dream, they saw the hats on a rack. And they said, oh, yeah, communal house, you know, everything's free, shoes, food. And it is, because it's a communal community, com commune, to be with others, to share with others through faith and love, not through 
guests who come in and take advantage. And in nature, animals do that, like the apple tree on the beach. You know, I used to walk down the beach and I'd walk there with Lilo or a friend or an acquaintance and I'd say, there's the apple tree, pick one, you know? <coughs> I never thought it was akin to the apple tree in the Garden of Eden, but now there's a metaphor there. You know, it's there for anyone to pick. So being in the garden, there was only Eve in Adam. And, you know, if the woman was made from man, it's like he was the bearer of the pregnancy to bear fruit. The woman is the only species who bears fruit. So bearing fruit, by a godly term, is a woman. You know, Abraham, you know, couldn't have a child until he met, you know, another woman, because Sarah couldn't bear. So there's a sort of a hidden message there, I believe. I'm not reading the Bible to read the Bible, but reading the Bible as a man on earth with so many defaced, debunked, other than I on earth. And, you know, for Elon Musk to go to Mars, the moon, and, and create another universe, his own universe, is well and good because he will prove that you can't do it. He will prove that man cannot get away from man. And God made man for obviously his own reasons and his own limitations. And we pray for help, we pray for grace. And I tell you, that's the beauty of God. He is unknown. He will forever be that unknown and man will always be his own God. God in you is to be like God. Therefore, you will do anything your heart desires. So Adam took the apple because obviously he desired Eve. <coughs> huh. 
my question is, did Adam know he bared Eve from his body, a rib? And, you know, rib eye has a connotation for me in, in the marketplace of meat eaters. So the vegans, who I spell it, V-A-G-U-E-N. Because they're not eating meat for other reasons than what it is. They, they connotate a lot of things, which for the fashion world, it's okay because they look like they're on drugs. Ah! You know, I know this guy who turned vegan and his girlfriend walked up one day, which she hasn't seen for a while, ex-girlfriend, and she says, oh, wow, how you doing, how you doing? I'm standing there, and she goes, wow, long time no see, and he goes, yeah, she goes, wow, you don't look well, are you, are you okay? You look, you look sick. And he went, I saw his face, and he was... He was taken back because in his mind, he, he thought he lost all that meat fat. But what he lost was the animal fat that an elephant has. And an elephant's a vegan. Ah, ah, sorry, that just popped into my head. Oh, my gosh. My gosh. Goshly. Wow, the vegan, the fattest vegan on earth is an elephant. Wow, hey, that fell into my mouth. So, I'm going off the track. You know, by the way, I live next to the Canadian track in Blaine that brings in all the product from America every two to three hours a product train. And when Canada's train brings their products to America, they come down the same track. You know, I was waiting for a head-on collision, but they got that wired. But I'd sit out front. My porch was on the track. And I got used to, like, the subways of New York, you know? Go by your window, crackety-clack. People can't take that, and they don't live by that. But when you have to live by the track, I accepted the, the train track, and I loved it. I did a painting as the train went away. Instead of a train on a track, I painted a portrait of myself walking down the track through the infinite uh, universe with eagles and angels. And people think I painted that as my ego, which ego to me is an assemblance of a good thing because without ego, you will not get beyond your suffering. Ego takes life 
and ruins life. But the ego actually is like a, a drug when when you're lost, your identity pops up, who you are, not what people interpret today. Jung uh, kind of touched on that, Freudian ruined it. And uh, <coughs> I won't talk Freud or Jung because most people don't know the Jung with Kung Fu. Bruce Lee studied, and I don't know if Bruce Lee knew Jung, but in his life, in his studies, he was so in depth with life that he hit upon the natural Jungian, Freudian, the Nietzsche, you know, the Albert Camus, the Dostoevsky in art school. You know, I read all those books because artists read them. And I, you know, as an island boy, I had to catch up to the world. You know, 1960s was the LSD, the drug world. And I was in it because my art school had that phenomenon, Chenard built in the 20s by this woman who had a, a view of, you know, pushing art to the future, not historical. And when I went to Berkeley for my master's, PhD, which I won the chancellor's that year in 69, you have to go up to the committee for them to uh, accept you for your PhD. And my professors were all sitting there and they asked, well, what are you going to do, man? You know, you're, you're just an art student and blah, blah, blah. And you know, I was an experimental student from Chenard at Berkeley. The university system in all of America will not accept a Chenard student. And I was on full scholarship at Chouinard, and but that doesn't matter because universities believe that lower schools aren't accepted because they're of a higher caliber. And so for some reason, I think because I sent a portfolio that they couldn't open, I sent a Japanese box, a trick box that you had to open you know, with moving parts of the box. And I thought, I said on the bottom of the box with my slides inside, that if they can't open it, crush it with a hammer. And obviously, they took that as a, uh, a slight, ineptable position that they're not gonna crush a portfolio box. See, now they misunderstood the angst, the pain of someone. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just thought it was a cool idea being Oriental, making it hard to see my art. And I didn't know it was going to be taken so seriously. And, and so 
a guy called Chanson Ching from Cam School who graduated with my wife, which I didn't know, was an art student there, and he walked by the professor's desk as he was looking at it, and he says, oh, wow, I grew up with that. Let me see that, because he's, you know, uh, he delivers mail to the professors. And he says, the professor went, we can't open this, so we can't see this his portfolio, so he can't be accepted here. And so Chanson said, let me do it. He opened it in five seconds, because... No, we grew up that way. Uh, you know, people are from other parts of the world have no idea. You know, when you reach the Ouroboro, you don't bite your own tail. Anyway, so they opened it and said, whoa. I take it, they looked at the slides and, you know, my Chouinard slides was you know, my scholarship stuff. And uh, they accepted me and, but on the assumption that I was an experimental student. <coughs> they wanted to see if an art student could actually do university work. And long story short, you know, Kitai comes there, who was my favorite painter from America, who was English, Royal Academy, David Hockney, you know, and I was just kind of on the timing of being there. And these people weren't known yet. So Hockney has a a sort of a art contest where they were building a, a Hans Hoffman museum across the street built by Hans Hoffman's painting who Hans Hoffman was at Chenard with Mrs. Chenard. Kind of ironic and Timely and all of these things for me hit marks in life like I forget the word but in science there's a synchronicity that's in life you know Buddha 600 years before Christ Christ 600 years after Christ Muhammad you know 600 years after Muhammad I cannot say whom or who because the world went amok. So uh, my train has left the track. Where am I? Where's my secretary who can bring me back? I need that woman that Eve in the garden to help me out. Uh, oh yeah, I'll just go back to the garden. So when, I guess, you know, man left Eden, and I always thought the garden of Eden was in heaven, but it was on earth.
And where on earth? It seems to be Africa. Because if you go back in the historical plant life and the evolution of time, Africa was all green as South America. Excuse me. And so if the Garden of Eden was Africa, and it's all black, Shaka Zulu, and a white man had to be hired by England to kill Shaka Zulu so they could conquer Africa. You know, I don't have my chronological history of, you know, the Moroccans, the Fez, you know, the Northern Africans. But I studied Egyptology when I was at Berkeley. And I met this Egyptian who was there because he wanted to study, to go back to Egypt in Berkeley University. And his was the study of the power of the pyramids. So his project was to go there with stereo uh, cosmic you know, readings like gamma rays and uh, radio waves to go through the pyramid to discover what's in the pyramid and below the pyramid. And so he got funded and went there. And I guess by the time I finished my master's, he came back. And I saw him again, and I said, what happened? And he said, it doesn't work. The pyramid wouldn't let him read the stereoscopic scientific way. So... I never saw him after that because he, like, failed. But I think he didn't fail. It was, uh, you know, it was his equipment. You know, science back then didn't know much. So I don't know the parameters of his experiment, but I thought, you know, for me, being what it was, was like an unknown. And then there's this other guy who from MIT who went there at the age of 16 because he was just a, a prodigy, you know, graduated at 16, MIT, uh, 17. Guy from Texas, no less. Uh, Texas produces, you know, a lot of stuff. Because Texas... You know, at one time was underwater or something. You know, the beginnings of Earth when there was no water. Uh, off the track, let me see. I always go off the track, wow. Oh yes, Berkeley, Berkeley, I'll go back to Berkeley. So, you know, 
Hockney, his first year there, I'm there my first year, it goes blah, blah, blah. Anybody that paints a painting on the construction wall of the Hoffman Museum to be built. Uh, by the way, that uh, Hoffman Museum site was walled up where the People's Park began and was. And my first year, I would take my wife and child, Christian, in my Volkswagen, through that property because it was full of mud. Nobody could go in there because it was kind of uh, made pre-construction for the idea. So they never really put up a wall because it was, you know, you couldn't actually drive in there, but a Volkswagen being what it was, a German, you know, army vehicle. I drove in there and parked on a high point next to a tree and had my lunch with Christian. And people would see me there and go, whoa, look at that, so cool, right in the middle of the university, in University Avenue, across the street from the art department, the architectural department, science, you know, and so other people would go, wow, Pops is there. <coughs> and so we started having lunch together. People would share their lunches and bring their kids because we're, I'm, you know, I'm at the university from morning till evening. I got part-time jobs and my, my uh, master's program studio was there. I wouldn't leave till the school was, you know, until I wanted to. So I'd never go home. And so the only time I'd see my son, it was bring him out for lunch. Which I didn't know I wasn't seeing him because, you know, a child is a goo-goo-goo-goo. Happy camper. <laughs> and when he sees me a minute a day or an hour a day, he's, he's cool. He's cool with it. I think that's the pure ego. And Jung and Freud never studied a baby because you can't study a baby, a goo-goo-goo-goo. But to tell you, you know, my son, I, I, I never studied him. You know, I may have let him be what he wanted to be in the Ouroboro sense that my wife got all angst and anxious at me for being not the disciplined one. And today, discipline is a rule in America. You don't discipline a child. You know, what's that term? You, you, you spare the whip, you spare the child? Or something? No, that's not it. You whip the child, or you gain a child. Anyway, it's all wrong. You know, I'm a, making this point. So my son, one day I came, oh, we woke up in the morning. You know, Sundays I don't go to my class because it's a day of rest. And, you know, being a baptized Catholic at 12, and I'm going off the track here because at 12, 11, I decided, you know, I wanted to move with my 
identity. My, I want to say ego, but it really wasn't. It was a human natural thing. Like Adam, you know, in the garden with Eve. So there was this girl at church that I used to go to at St. Anthony's in Kailua. And oddly enough, her name was Candy. <laughs> oh, perfect. And so I thought, wow, you know, what a cute little girl. I'm only 11 or 12 or something. And obviously she was much younger. <laughs> but mine was purely... Uh, a more natural thing, you know, because I was never a sexist. You know, because all my friends were sexist. We, I hung out with 18-year-olds, 20-year-olds back when I was in sixth grade. You know, 10 years old. We'd go run the city and they'd, you know, be, be all this macho men. Anyway, back on track. So at church, uh, well, yeah, I used to tattoo after Sunday school because no one goes there. I used to tattoo in the hallway. Friends of mine, I take India ink, wrap the needle with thread, and do a tattoo. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I don't know how I learned that, but I imagine from <laughs> the older guys I hung out with must have taught me. And today, you know, a single needle is the most beautiful thing. And that single needle style is the original tattoo style of the Orient, Philippines, Japan, but I never studied that. I was just doing it to do a cross. We called it the Pachuco cross between the thumb and the index. And uh, anyway, back on track uh, to Big Island, you know. He is my mentor for my tats, my tattoo. I'm learning how to do it through Big Island Mike. He's got a touch. You know, other people like Blackwork uh, uh, Montano, he's got a touch. Oh, uh, back on track. Uh, oh, so David Hockney Hoffman Museum. So me as an artist, you know, still, you know, not graduated yet. I said, I'll go paint one. And so most of my peers at the university said, I ain't painting that. That's for kids. And so I said to myself, you know, Hockney's going to judge this. <laughs> I want to see what he picks. And lo and behold, you know, uh, Hockney didn't know me. I didn't know Hockney. I knew of him, but I'm a student. 
No one knows me. You know, I'm Ivan Hosoi, art student. Nobody knew Chouinard. Chouinard was closed. Walt Disney shut it down as a corporate takeover. He bought it the day I walked in. He bought it from Mrs. Chouinard because Mrs. Chouinard said in a wheelchair, I cannot continue the university. I have to sell it. I mean, the, the school, I have to sell it. And obviously her money's ran out in her donations. So Disney came in and took it. And he'd come in and say, I'm Walt Disney. Uh, I'm the new founder of the school, an art school. And most artists go, yeah, well, we're going to get some modern stuff here. <coughs> and, you know, Walt Disney's son loves my son. Years later, he even made a Christ heir Mickey. And, you know, Walt Disney's son didn't realize what he did Mickey never skateboarded until this day. You know, Mickey only skated the Christ there. And I tried to bring that about to the world. I made t-shirts with the Mickey Christ there. And most people go, oh, you're with the Disney Foundation who people dislike for his political views, his money to government you know, things that people disagree. And so, but, you know, an artist lives amongst those things because we are human, but we don't belong to those things. We criticize those things. And today there are no artists except, you know, who criticize the world, the views and, and before Van Gogh, there was a Spanish guy um, well, who painted the devil eating human flesh. Wow, I'm getting into that area where I can't remember his name, but he was the foremost painter of Spanish art. He was really good. You couldn't paint art other than religious paintings. Michelangelo quit and he wanted to do other things and the Pope says, if you leave, we'll kill you on the road. So he came back and finished the Sistine Chapel. Now, when he was finishing, I wonder what he was thinking, you know, that he couldn't be free. And, you know, that idea for me is always in the back of my mind that an artist is the free spirit, you know. He is beyond the science. He creates the science because he can paint what science cannot prove and only to find out it is true. That's the godly, you know, thing I believe that happens in 
the epiphany, the epitome. The Domo by Michelangelo was so big because he thought the bigger the better for God and country. But he couldn't do it because it was too big. <laughs> the science of Domos wasn't figured out yet. So another <coughs> Italian ar architect said, Let's build another domo around the domo. So they had two domos. One to hold the other domo from falling in. And there and by made it happen. So I don't know other than that. So to me, that's the creator of that is by the art. And the opening of the Domo was to let the light in because there was no electricity. And to have windows on the sides of buildings doesn't really let the light in. <coughs> so there are n numerous ways of interpreting the Domo spirit the dove uh wow this is being this podcast is too long for podcasters but you know you can stop the podcast and listen to it again to pick up because I'm on a roll here I gotta finish so Hockney at the wall I call it the Chouinard Museum. Uh, at a people's park, I got something to say about that. You know, I was there when a student got shot. And I didn't know if he died, and there was no student dying, or a protester, or just a viewer. And did Reagan and the university hide that death because a week after our riots of the People's Park, Kent State had four students. And Mario Savio, I went to his house to organize the march on Berkeley. And we decided to have another university on the East Coast to make America stretch you know, the protest, and Kent State agreed on the same day as us. And they said at the day of the protest, they can't, they're not organized because they wanted more. They should have walked with four people because they were being in touch with us in due faith of protest of Vietnam in 69. And they didn't. So they did theirs later, a week or two weeks, or I forget. After our riot, they did theirs. So their military was ready because we burnt cars, overturned, you know. 
<coughs> military vehicles. <coughs> they were hurting people, and I had my video, my eight millimeter camera with my friend Norton Wisdom, and Norton. I don't think he, he never mentioned this. He's an artist today. Him and I used to cruise Berkeley in a, I forget, a Mercedes Ambassador's vehicle from the 50s, which they left there, and Norton got it. We used to work for uh, Peter Vokas. You know, my part-time job was to, Patina, his sculptures that were sold throughout the world. Peter Vokas, before I went to Berkeley, Kanemitsu would have gambling at his house, and Peter would come down there. And he never knew me except as Kanemitsu's little mentor. You know, his assistant with his wife and kids. You know, at the Chouinard Art Institute. Kanemitsu was something, you know? And upon his death, you know, his wife got separated, so it's 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 a shame. She lost it. And the woman that took over her, his curator, I think she was just money bitch. She had Laddie Dill do his eulogy. And I went there... And they had a couple other artists, and you'd, you'd think Laddie, who was my, my buddy at Chenard, would, would have said, no, no, come on up, Pops. You know, come on up, you know? Speak of Kanemitsu, because... Anyway, that's another train track. Okay, back to... So Hockney decides, he walks around the whole thing. There must have been four by eight panels around a whole block. Students doing turtles, flowers, you know. So Hockney walks upon mine and gives me the honor. $600 check. Obviously, you know, it was a gift to my wife and child. You know, food on the table. You know, I should have saved that check. I didn't even mimeograph it or photograph it or copy it. It's an honor of Hockney. Because my future with Hockney, I felt, was going to be something. Kid tie. You know, these guys, you know, are the best. But long story short, they're in lies. And so I leave Berkeley. Uh, when the chances award after all of that, you know, Kitai never gravitated to me. He always wondered, you know, in his criticism, how I could draw so well. And he always wondered I could draw like him. And there was this model, you know, that 
was attractive and he got enamored by her as I was. And so both artists, having that same thing, know that kind of thing. And I think he just liked my drawings of her. And I wish I had those drawings today because Kitai was upset. He gave me A's, but it was only because of the facts. But anyway, I never could get close to Kitai. I tried to go have private talks. I guess he was a private person, you know, trying to be this intellectual, superb artist, you know, sort of a Freudian. He looked like Freud. He didn't look like Jung. I don't know if he knew. I know he knew Jung because I would drop those names, those Nietzsche's and, you know, Siddhartha, etc., etc. You know, Picasso and Elphaz Jari. Elphaz Jari was a young guy with Picasso who Picasso knew the kid had a mind of words. And Picasso, being a Spaniard, had to learn, oui, uh, monsieur, mademoiselle, parlez-vous français, out of his young days. And then later English, you know, for the sake of all his women and, and artists, for some reason, love women because they're the original Eve. And you know, I never put that together as an artist. And, and Jean-Michel Basquiat never painted a beautiful woman because his direction was true, true gutter. Gutter, from the gutter to the museum wall, was a purity in itself. He didn't need the Garden of Eden. He came from the gutter, the garden's gutter in New York City. So I believe, you know, having met Jean-Michel for his first show in L.A., I was delivering art for this firm. I won't say the name because the owner... And the people that worked there were blindsided by their own ego till today. You know, and they're friends of mine. And I wonder why these friends of mine treat me like I'm, I'm of another world, which I'm glad they did because I'm not of their world. So I have to get rid of that Jungian hate thing and make it an ego cleansing, which I never thought of as you cleansing my ego, not hurting my ego. I always felt hurt. My ego was hurt by my friends in the art world. You know, I dream of them because they're successful in their arts. They make thousands of dollars. And whenever I have a show somewhere, you know, a public show, Oh, I post mine on Instagram, Facebook. They look down and, you know, I still have that angst, you know, 
of the ego being bashed, but I'm learning now through my son, whose ego has been brought down through prison. But now he's out, and these people that's, that see his greatness, I say greatness because there has never been another skater to reach the levels of his. You know, skating and reaching the ceilings of, you know, the Sistine Chapel and doing the Christ air and coming down. You know, most skaters don't do the Christ air because of it's hard to do. They do it backwards, so it's easy to do it, to do it with another trick, so it's easy. But the true Christ there is hard. Because Christ is hard. And, and you know, being that he's older now, he can't, you know, just readily do a Christ there. That people look at him as, oh, wow, you're not, you know, as good as you were. But they forget, you know, the heights of Michael Jordan isn't for Michael Jordan to do what he did then. Why do these companies expect my son, Christian, Christ man, to do what he did back then? Because nobody, you know, and we took Danny away on his first road trip. His mother said, no, no, no. And we convinced her that I, Pops, would look after him as a child. Knowing Danny was a street urchin. Knowing skateboarding was pure. There was no drug scene. You know, we were doing marijuana, but we weren't doing drugs, drugs. You know, I wasn't. You know, and today marijuana is Charlotte's, Charlotte's, you know, curing children. Anyway, off track, and uh, Danny Wake turns out to be the best. The best. Christian got out, Danny Wake at the X Games says, this one's for you, bro, the Christ there. That wasn't his trick to do. And when he did it, as Christian is standing there, and I want to say I was there in L.A. I'm losing my memories, but, you know, we cried, and Danny came down and said why he did it. It's in the video. We love Danny. Till today, we love Danny. Danny's a pure soul. A man of blind faith. He will reach the heavens. <coughs> uh, off track again. 59 minutes, 10 seconds. Wow. You know, some podcasts, some lectures go beyond an hour. And I, if I stop now, I won't be able to track on again. Because I want to finalize with today.
the future of art today. You know, the value of today is because of yesteryear. The value of today is because the life of the kid, you know, going the extra mile. And today, people like Peterson, Sam Harris, you know, neurology science. Oh, boy. Uh, Anchor cut me off. I guess they have only an hour long. But they say that if I continue, it'll be added to it. I'll act like it's part of the other previous podcast, which we can connect through, you know, the chronologos. So Christian's images of him as a skater in the 80s is untouched. Case in point, the riots on the beach of Huntington. You know, we we were asked to put up a ramp. And obviously when we did it, Christian was asked because he was top dog. You know, ease the strut with Fletcher, Christian Fletcher, before contests, and the pros would be so upset. And I wouldn't walk with them, but walk behind them. And I should have videoed them, but there was no cameras, you know, iPhones, etc. But my mind was there, and I recorded that Christian would walk with Fletcher to the contest site, and all the pros with their girlfriends as Christian and Christian would walk by, they'd spit. And obviously they wouldn't spit in front of them because Christian Fletcher would have kicked their ass. Christian Hosoy would have kicked their ass. There were two men built with the body of the Adams. You know, the original garden. These guys had physiques possessed by the gods. You know, the gods would always have heroes with bodies in physical condition, which is not for the ego, but, you know, it's God-given. I don't think a person with a God-given physique should become an accountant and push pencil and stay in a dark room. You know, become, you know, anyway, uh, off the track, off the track. And so I've seen this with my own eyes. I, I would not tell Christian and Christian because they would run back and, you know, settle their differences. So Quicksilver would ask us, hey, Danny Quat, you know, Christian, surfers don't want to be photographed for an ad. Danny Kwok had this idea because Christian was doing ads, you know, <laughs> looking good. And so Danny Kwok says, Christian, you know, why don't you ride for Quicksilver and do a surf ad? See, it wasn't a far-fletched thing, you know. Oh, sorry, Fletchers. Uh, and so... Christian went, right, you're going to pay me. Well, yeah, I'm going to pay you $400 for a photo. You know, Danny knew we were poor, you know, because Danny's a hip dude. 
You know, and at that time, all the companies were ripping us off. Every last company ripped us off. <coughs> Till today, we asked for book work. Show us the books of the sales of the influence of Hosoi. They would not show us that. They said, that's none of your business. You're just a sponsor. I said, we're royalties. We're not sponsored. According to product sales. And they would say, no thanks. So we leave the company. And that's how we broke contract. And if they would sue us, the judge would say, let us see the contract. And let us see the royalty contract. And let us see your sales. They would lose and they would divulge how much and they couldn't take it. So they would never sue us. And because we sued someone before, we will never sue anyone again because the court systems are, are flagit, flagit, flagery. There's a word there someplace as we can prove today in our Supreme Court, today in the politics, Roe versus Way. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I'm lost. Where's my girl? On track. Got to get back on track. Sorry. But, you know, an old man, 80. 79 in earth terms, but 80 in Japanese terms. One year in the womb makes you a year older. So, uh, so the kid, the Christ there, you know, my photograph and my face was in it. I said, my son, I can't be in your ad. You know, dad shouldn't be there. He says, I want you in there, pops. And my son didn't know what he was doing because it ruined the ad. His big head in there made his Christ there look very small. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Uh, you know, he made companies. Every company he went to, he, he brought them up a notch, you know. When he was on Powell, before he became a pro, you know, every kid wants to be on Powell now as an amateur. Stacy knew that. So Stacy wanted him to stay an amateur to sell more amateur boards, which I love Stacy for being an entrepreneur, but he promised Christian a pro model if he won the contest. And he reneged on it. Sorry, Stacy, I got to do the truth here. Because when you renege on a truth to a kid, you break his heart. And you harden his heart. And I don't know what that means. Because I'm a new Christian. I'm a Catholic. For other reasons than of God. That little candy girl was something. And her parents would see me go up to confession to prove I was a man of faith. And I was. I believed in the Romans confessional. 
And it does keep your heart pure because if you confess from your heart and you commune with his body, which a lot of people don't believe in, because you're not eating the body of Christ, drinking the blood of Christ. What that means is you believe that he gave his life, his blood, and his body. I'm angry. I'm angry at the world for misunderstanding the metaphor. When Jesus says, when you eat this bread, you eat my body. And I'm sure the apostles knew he was... You know, a man who could do wondrous things that if they ate bread, they, would, they couldn't deal with it because they're not cannibals. But the book was written as a metaphor. You know, as Jesus would say that, I'm sure he didn't say it in such a way, eat this bread and eat my body. He would have said it in a different manner, but I'm not going to go there because I'm not a man of God in that sense, studied, and my son is studying with his church and his church, church, and their church, church. And, you know, but I tell you, you know, as the deeper I get into life here and my son being the Christ, you know, the anti-Christ and the anti-hero, I got to say this, the definition of that is the one who wants to be like him. The anti-Christ is the one outside of Christ himself. And Christ is the is the term of in I guess in Syrian Hebrew you know Greek uh, is the one who is chosen anointed and who says he's anointed the one man who feels he wants to be the man in that church off the track. Anyway, so uh, gotta get back. I can't get back. Yeah, when you diverge as an unprofessional thinker with no notes, as being spontaneous, you lose track of your mind. But me being an unprofessional, as an artist, as a preacher, as a man reaching out to the hand that reaches out is the child in his ignorance and is in naivete through starvation of life. Starvation of life. The mission is to give life to the starving, but the true metaphor is the food. And the food for the spirit is God, but the child unbeknownst is unknown. He needs nourishment. And a fish just has to open his mouth and he will be nourished. A baby guppy opens his mouth and is nourished. 
because of the microbes in the water. Our air has no microbes to nourish. Our land now has no microbes to be nourished. In the days of the garden, you could walk and eat anything on the ground. The mushroom was the first plant. The psilocybin was the first. So being of the garden and being the first mushroom, was it before the Adam and the Eve garden? Was it to the Altamira cave painters? <coughs> their art, their psilocybin trip made them walk to the end of the cave and do their art. And today we cannot walk there because of some sophisticated idea that we will ruin it if we walk in there and breathe a breath. And that may be true, but to hide that from humanity and only send a photographer in there to awe and to take photographs and not a true artist is the wrong, the wrongness. And so I plea on my pod that someone would hear this. And in fact, my secretary, take note, let's uh, apply to France this year that I can go to, you know, uh, Altamira. And I wanted to go to Lascaux the Spanish, to see the cave paintings. And I don't know the difference in the art, the books, you know, but I haven't seen the art. And my, wow, off the track. So companies today are still doing bad business and my son, being so pure of heart, accepts their contracts. But my plea is to reach out to someone to see the wealth of what his legacy is and none other. You know, some say the Tony Hawk, Josue Hawk Wars, you know, Alfonso Rawls made a t-shirt called the Hossole t-shirt, you know. And it's perfect because it's a truism. And Alfonso Rawls doesn't really know except the platonic thing that the Hossole Hawk Wars was something unbelievable. Something that is... Uh, that was so pure of heart, like the world wars, you know, of Japan, German, America, World War II. That's the Hosoi Hawk Wars. 
the symbolism of the Japanese against the white boy. You know, it has so many metaphors that no one has put together yet. So I am putting it together. And, you know, Ruka tried to do a, and did a show of the Hosoi skateboard. And they knew what they were doing, but they really don't know the the immense, you know, proclivity, the proclamation of something so profound. They, I think they only see it as pushing their software. Because Ruka does not have hardware. The hardware comes through Christ, Christian, and skateboarding. You know, Ruka's got a skate team, you know, but that's after the fact. <coughs> Ruka, Ruka can do a subsidiary. You know, Vans can do a subsidiary, an umbrella, but they always feel the umbrella will ruin their major program because they want to be one. But when you look at one, you know, Vans was sold to a corporate level. Why would the family sell Vans and not be the grassroots original thing and do something with certain original people that there are none other than the original Alva Shoe, the original Alva Skater, the original Christian Hosoi Skater, who all know Vance. And now Vance has picked up Tony Hawk after the fact, which brings in that somehow godly thing is showing that, look what you got, and please see what you have. And a monthly stipend, so small that doesn't portray the virtue of what the value that you're doing business as earthly people in economics. And I, as an old man, know that if someone is making a billion dollars off of someone who is making nothing, it falls apart in my heart that the expense to make a million is high, but The reason why the billion was made was not because of the expenses to make the billion, but of the illusion of why the billion was made through a sports figure. Michael Jordan, Nike. <coughs> you know, I give it to Nigel, Nike, you know. And I have to say Nike. Now, you know, the little girl, the little brother Ocean loves Hosoi. And I pray that 
Ocean, for somehow being such a child, loves Christian for what he was, for what Christian emanates. I think that kid sees that that no adult sees. And if Nike picks up Ocean, Christian will send his blessings. Because Christian is not about holding on to money and fame. Christian is so pure of heart that I wasn't the one to make him money to make money. And so in that sense, Pops, how come you didn't make money for your son? Buy him homes and homes and buildings and products. You know, you know, it's not, it's not for me to say because my purity was before I had my son. My purity was before a church college. My purity was in 1960 when I surfed that wave and a closeout in Life magazine took a picture. I didn't know they took a picture and and I just found out I was on the cover of Life magazine. It blew my mind. It blew my mind so much that I couldn't tell people because people were saying, I made that up. I did a shop, you know, art and made it look like. And, and there's no way to prove it's me because life blurted out. You know, they made it blurry. I don't know. It was too far out there you know, Sunset Beach, to, for you to see my smile. But, you know, a surfer knows if he's surfing with his partner who surfed a 30-footer and it was that first guy's wave next to you and I told him he was going to die today and he says, at least I'm dying surfing with you. You know, and I said, paddle, bro, here we go. You know, and he didn't die. God saved him. God saved me. You know, until today, till today, I don't know. Garrett Campbell. If you read this podcast, Garrett, I got a picture for you of Life Magazine. Okay, contact me, Garrett Campbell. I love that guy. Him and I would date together. You know, get motel rooms together. <laughs> We'd blow bombs together, literally. And I haven't been in touch with that man. I hope he's still alive, happily married, or still happy. Because if he died, my deal was with him. Because you're going to die... You're going to give me your 58 Impala that you just got for high school graduation because I told you not to surf. And so my payment for your death is your car. Sign here. And he did. And you know, that's a faith, a blind faith. The faith he knew he wasn't going to die. 
And I didn't want him to die for the car, but just to show him, I didn't know any other way to say, you know, the cost of his death. That was my little antidote for him not to serve. Oh, <coughs> uh, well, off the track. So, I'm going to... This is my first podcast, and if my son hears it, I hope he doesn't get too upset that I kind of reached out to, you know, these people that run corporates that have no feeling for what's real. Because they don't know. See, we, I forgive them because they don't know. But guys like Sam Harris, Peterson, you know, Freudian, Jungian was looking for why an athlete like Christian can at the moment's notice, at the moment's choice, either go for it or bail. At the heights of unknown territory to reach the coping and slam and to lock up and lose their their ability to go on. And the neurologists are finding out that only sports people like Christian, Danny Wayne, Tony Hawk, you know, Burnquist, you know, can... At the moment's notice, bail or not, not because they planned it. You know, Jimi Hendrix does not plan his lick. He may study his chord, but his lick, and it's an odd thing, they call it a lick, because a lick is a touch with your tongue. And when you touch something with your tongue, something hot or cold, it'll either get burned or get stuck to the pole. Okay? I think Christian's friend had him put his tongue to the pole and he got stuck once. (laughs) If I remember correctly, I may be wrong, but it's a funny thing. But neurologists are trying to find out that exact moment where the brain can actually move faster than the speed of light. Faster than the speed of light, your brain moves thoughts. So be free, my friends. Be free in thinking. Be free in your choices. My son made bad choices got incarcerated and that's the price and he paid his price and so I say in life Adam paid his price he took of the apple from a woman no less Thank you very much. God bless to the hands that reach out.
a child reaching out his hand. In his last breath. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Twas the night before Christmas. Couple of days, really. The Christ child. Yeah, bless the children who reach out in the last breath. Bless the children that reach out falling to the ground in their last breath. They shall rise up. They shall rise up when they reach out. Yeah, so another year, another time, another COVID, another Whoa, can't believe it. The intellectuals are jumping on the psychedelics, which is the full circle, the Ouroboro again, arising upon itself. But the intellectuals are now studying, and studying a high is not what it was. And the 60s was the psychedelics and that was the unknown probably enough it became the skateboarding unknown oddly enough and therein rises Christ again the the spiking the tipping the sinkhole seems to appear in the Ouroboro Entropic, the entropy of life, which I think is the unknown built in. And science wants to get that element out to have a pure thing. And I believe in the true sense of the entropic is that unknown to conquer. You know, if you weren't there in the 60s, you weren't there. If you weren't there in the 80s of the skateboard revolution, you weren't there. You know, it's like when surfing had pipeline, if you weren't there when it began, you know, the Lopez, the Nuevas, the Ipas, you know. Today it's, you know, today, but hey, so history is not what it appears to be, but it's not an anti-hero thing. The true sense that an anti-hero wants to take the place of the hero, so he declares it an anti-trip, and he uses the word hero. He should say anti, anti, 
Come on. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake the face up. Thank you. Keeping it short. Bless the children. Amen. Tears of saints. There are children of the world unknown to the rest of the world. There are children of the world unknown to the rest of the world. Seeking shelter from the storms of man and God. Holding on to the winds and the rain. There he saw millions reaching out for a home. There he saw millions reaching out for a home. Can we see what he would see and be like? When 30,000 starve and lay down in the streets each day. When the children reach out their hands. When the children reach out their hands. When the children reach out their hands. When the children reach out 